back, baby. It's podcast time. Second string podcast live from the parking lot at the park. You know what it is, baby. You know what it is. Um, the, the toilet proceedings, the bathroom project's actually done. I just kind of like going to the park now, to be full disclosure. You know I'd never lie to you guys. You guys are you're like my little babies. I just like going to the park. It's nice outside again. A fucking again, Michigan. On fire with the weather. It is a little bit chilly, but it's nice outside. Um, my sisters and my dad are just not in my ear, opening doors and dropping shit and like banging pots and pans together. So that helps. So here we are. We're at the park. I don't know. It's probably not. I, I never listen to these back because I can't stand the sound of my own voice. But I don't think from like the little test snippets I've listened to, the voice quality, the audio sounds pretty much the same when I use these, uh, like these Park, the Apple headphones compared to the legit microphone I use. So as long as that's the case, I'm going to keep ripping them from the park. It's nice out. I got a view of some grass, swing set, a few dead trees. Uh, it's all, it's all jolly and well here at the park. So I hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. I had a great one. Thank you for asking fantastic weekend actually can I, I don't even that was a little underselling i had a fantastic weekend about as good as it can get so it's good to be back and it cue cue the line i say every single monday or tuesday feels like it's been a week since i've done one of these it's great to be back great to be sitting here talking to myself in my car like a totally normal person making jokes to myself that hopefully other people think are funny it's great to be back we got um I don't know, in some, I guess depending on who you ask, in some in some people's views, there's some news, I guess. Obviously, Big Ten Tournament ended, Illinois beat Ohio State. Great game, went to overtime, your boy fell asleep during overtime. Kind of just comes with the territory, I guess, of, of the weekend. Like Sundays, if I fall asleep on a Sunday, I don't know, I don't know what you want from me. Like, it's, it's Sunday. There's... There's like a 70% chance on any given Sunday I'm going to be asleep at some point. So kind of that's just kind of what happened. Although the game was great leading up, Michigan lost to Ohio State. Didn't watch any of that, sadly. Ironically enough, I was actually in Ann Arbor. Didn't watch a second of that game. But I saw they lost. Listen, Michigan's got a great team this year. Nothing but respect, even though Juwan Howard tried to fight Mark Turgeon. March Turgeon, excuse me. Um, they're still Michigan, and I still fucking hate them with everything in my being. So I was pretty happy to see them lose just because I always am. Like, Michigan losing's so fun. It's obviously not even close to as good as state winning, but Michigan losing's pretty damn fun. It's also hilarious. Michigan losing, see, it's tough too. Like, on one hand, like in football every year where Michigan's irrelevant, it's like I don't really care if Michigan loses because them losing doesn't matter. Like, they were never going to do anything anyway. But in these sport like basketball this year or the the off football year where it's like oh shit is Michigan for real this year they're making a bit of a run Michigan hold up go Michigan might make some moves this year they might make the Big Ten those years when it's like oh shit everyone's on the bandwagon and then they lose those losses are so satisfying so this basketball season the best season since the Fab Five feels pretty good I mean it's I mean. I guess I don't really care when they lose, but when they lose, I'm like, ha, ha, ha. that's funny. Michigan lost. <laughs> I don't know. Kind of a sick puppy attitude, but fuck it. That's just the way I am. State got their got their asses whooped by Maryland in the Big Ten tournament. 
for some reason. So we played, for those of you that, that um, have normal memory and memory that qualifies not needing to go to a doctor for it, we played Maryland not too long ago, like two weeks ago maybe. The approach from State that game seemed to have been let them shoot threes. Um, we're All we're going to do is shoot threes, except nobody on the team is going to be able to make one. And then Tom Izzo said, and if that isn't a, if that's not enough, I'm going to play the weirdest rotations you've seen in your life. Thomas Kithier is going to play a bunch. Jack Hoiberg is going to play a bunch. And Gabe Brown's just not going to play the entire second half. How's that for you? Didn't work. Didn't work the first time we played Maryland. They beat our ass. So you'd think, all right, Big Ten tournament, coming off beating Michigan. Momentum. The boys are feeling themselves. We just got Maryland not too long ago. Everyone kind of makes fun of March Turgeon as being a shitty coach, like shitty X's and O's basketball adjustment coach, where in this instance, Tom Izzo gets to see his team again the second time in a short period. You'd think heavy advantage Izzo. He's going to just be better at his job. Not the case. Tom said, you know what? I'm going to double down. I'm going to double. Since it went so miserably the first time, I'm going to double down. We're going to shoot even more threes and make even fewer of them. Okay, Aaron Henry isn't going to go to the basket once. Jack Hoiberg, more minutes. Gabe Brown, you may as well not even show up, buddy. Listen, Gabe, I know that when you've been playing a lot, that's when we went on that run when we beat Ohio State, Illinois, and Michigan, and Indiana. That was great. But how about you just don't show up today, and instead we're going to have Tom Kithier and Jack Hoiberg take your minutes because we've been so good when they play extended minutes. I don't know what the fuck Izzo was thinking. It's literally like he looked at the last time we played Maryland, saw that we lost, and said, I don't know. I have a funny feeling this same exact strategy may work this time. It was the same shit. Shooting every single three, just like nobody can make threes, number one. There's a lot to unpack. Number one, nobody can make threes on MSU somehow. Can someone explain that to me? I go to I know it's an empty gym and I know I'm fucking 5'10 and not athletic. I get that. I go to the gym, I go to LA Fitness and I'm making it rain out there. I'm like Steph Curry. All of a sudden I turn on at a Division 1 basketball game, not just any like it's not Loyola Marymount. It's Michigan State, one of the most prestigious basketball programs in the country, and it's a bunch of bricks out there. Nobody can make a 3. No one can make a three. Like, I've literally played open gym with guys where they can't miss a three. And it's, sure, we're not we're not Daryl Morsell trying to defend you. But, like, you know, we played high school sports. We're fairly athletic. And these guys are just mouthing everybody with threes. You'd think they're Paul George. And all of a sudden, I turn on state and no one can make an open one? It's like, to some extent, guys... We still have, I know, like, we're state and it's been good, but we're not, like, canceling practices, are we? Like, the team still practices shooting, I hope. Correct? Can someone confirm that for me? Like, when we have open gyms, when they have quote-unquote shoot-arounds, are the guys actually shooting? Are they practicing? Is anyone giving feedback? Like, hey, Josh, you missed your last 24 in a row. Maybe this time when you shoot, keep your elbow more tucked. Like, are we getting any sort of feedback or, like, constructive criticism to try and get somebody to make a shot? And the more mind-boggling part, not only not only can nobody make a three, even though the game plan 
is insisting on being just keep shooting threes. But the only guy who all season has been like, oh, he'll make an open three, Gabe Brown, Izzo's like, no, he can't play. He can't. He fits our. He fits our game plan perfectly. He can't play a minute. Like Tom, what the fuck, man? I don't get it. I don't get it. Especially, it it was frustrating enough mid season and throughout the year when State was struggling and everyone like we just weren't gonna make the tournament. That shit was that sucked to watch enough. But at least during that whole little run, it was like, all right, ten games in a row, we haven't figured it out. Tom, we figured it out. We beat Indiana. We came back in the second half, and then we beat OSU and Illinois back-to-back and then beat Michigan. Like, we we figured it out. We figured out the formula of, sure, maybe it's not going to lead this team to being a Final Four team or anything like that, but we figured out the formula to maximizing this team. And that formula, you look at those game logs, it's Aaron Henry, Gabe Brown, Rocket Watts, and Langford, 30 minutes a game, and then mixing and matching with the bigs. And all of a sudden, in the Big Ten tournament, he's like, eh, let's just go back to the stuff that made made sure we lost games. Tom? Are, are you paying attention? I am. I, I have a screenshot in my memory looking at like a tweet where it's like the games Gabe Brown, Josh, Henry play 30 plus minutes states this is their record versus the games where they don't and this is their record. Tom. Tom. Don't tell me an unemployed kid from the suburbs is doing more research on how to play your rotations than the head coach at Michigan State, Tom. Please don't tell me that's the case. Because watching the game against Maryland, what was it, Thursday? Was that game Thursday? Watching the game, uh, Tom, it's it feels that way. Like you inexplicably just don't play Gabe Brown. Even though your game plan is literally why a guy like Gabe Brown is on the team. Tom? And you know, too, it's another thing. Fine, maybe... Maybe in a, in one of these Aaron Henry games where he's just gonna get like twenty nine and seven, it's like all right, we don't need we don't need Gabe. Henry will make some shots. He's gonna penetrate, get others open, rebound assists. We don't need we don't need anyone when Henry's playing like that. Fair enough. But unfortunately for us, Henry was struggling a bit, and whether it was just you know off day, like it feels like the last before that Maryland game, it feels like dating back to that Indiana comeback on the road that started this whole run. Every single game, it's been like, oh, that was a great game for Aaron Henry. So he, sure, he's due. He's he's deserved a night off where it's like, hey, Aaron, you just didn't play that well tonight? Fine, shit happens. You played the last seven in a row, great. So you know what? Take the night off, gear up for the tournament. If Aaron Henry was having a great game, then it's like, fine, maybe don't mess with what's working. You don't need Gabe. But Henry was struggling. Rocket, obviously, he had a great game against Michigan. He was struggling. Like, the two guys where it's like they're the guys that can kind of get you over the hump. And Josh Langford being the other one, he had maybe the worst game he's had, I don't know about all season, but like in months. At some point, like, why would why is Gabe Brown on the bench? Feels like kind of the only other guy with upside on this team on the bench, offensively upside on the bench. Tom, Tom, don't let me, don't tell me a guy from the suburbs with no job. Knows your team better than you do, Tom? Please? 
Please don't tell me that, Tom. I really don't understand. The only logical explanation, Tom Izzo, chestnut checkers. There's a reason he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame. He's got one of those fancy jackets. He knew we win that game. Michigan doesn't want to see us again. You know for a fucking fact Michigan doesn't want to see us again. He knows we win that Maryland game. And certainly, certainly, if we beat Michigan, we move up from the uh, 10-11 line to the 1 line, or to the 8-9 line, which means game two, we're playing a powerhouse. And they're probably keeping us away from Michigan and Illinois. So game two, we're playing Gonzaga or Baylor. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with I'm cool with not. That doesn't sound very fun. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. So maybe that's really the only thing in my head that makes any sense of why Tom, like, I mean, he obviously never would, I don't think. But seemingly, just from the way he was playing his rotations, the only explanation for why Tom took an approach of like, yeah, you know what, if we lose this game, fuck it, dude, who cares? Happens. It's the only reasonable explanation is he was like, I'd, Honestly, I'd rather lose. He didn't tell anyone this. I'd rather lose. Give me an 11 seed and let's make a little upset run. Avoid the ones and twos for a weekend. Then if we win 8-9, all of a sudden, game two, we're playing fucking Gonzaga. We're playing a pro team. Yeah, I'm not. I, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that at all. Not one bit. Not one bit. Um, I don't know. If if I was if I was Tom, I would still the reason you're playing the game is to try to win the game, so I'd probably still try to win the game. I would still probably play my best players, especially in an instance when our best player Aaron Henry's playing terribly, I would still say, Hey Gabe, you know what? Why not give you a shot? Because everything else is a dumpster fire. So let's give you a shot. I'd probably would still do that. I probably would. But apples, oranges, he's in the Hall of Fame. I'm not. Granted, I've, I haven't been a, a, or a college basketball coach for, whatever, 40 years. And he has, so I haven't really had the opportunity to make the Hall of Fame. Give me a couple of years, maybe, maybe we can talk. But I don't know. It's tough. It's tough because it does make sense. Like, uh, even from the bracket, especially looking at the bracket now, it makes sense why, like, the 11 seed where we're at uh, outside of being in a playoff play-in game is far more advantageous, but like when the game's on, when the game's being played, it's still the Big Ten tournament, and being a team like Maryland, we just fucking lost to Maryland, when the game's going on, I'm still like, win the game, like win, I want to win the game, I don't care, I don't care about the 11 seed, I don't care about what's going to happen a week from now, very nearsighted, probably not, not the smart you know, not the correct mentality, especially considering who gives a fuck about the Big Ten tournament if you make a Final Four, the the NCAA tournaments where it's all about. But still, it's like when the game's going on, win the goddamn game. I can't sit there. It's like football tanking the Lions. Like every, pretty much every every Detroit team, everyone needs to tank. It's better for everyone to be ass. I can't, when the game's on and I'm sitting on my couch watching, I can't justify being like, yeah, let's lose. I can't. When I'm sitting there and I'm watching, win the game. So Izzo, one of his worst games in a while, especially after that two-week, the the little run we've had, beating all these top five teams, where it finally felt like, oh, hey, the, the team figured it out. Team did not figure it out. 
or I guess he didn't, or he willingly went back to when it wasn't figured out. I don't know. Very frustrating. As far as Michigan goes, again, sadly, I didn't watch that Ohio State game. I was kind of keeping tabs on it. Ohio State blew a massive lead, which if I'm a Michigan fan, if I'm a Michigan fan, I like that's got to make you feel good. And they came back in the game against uh, Maryland before that. That's the sign of a good team. You're all, when you have a team like Michigan does, and you have all these games where you just murder teams, where you just blow them out, where it's just over before it started, or you have those games where you're just like up 10 the whole game and it's kind of cruise control, those always feel good. Those are always reassuring to watch. And you're going to have those games, and you know you'll have those games when you have the team that they have. I think what, based off my experience from those, the Cassius Final Four year, that Miles year, from some of these unbelievable teams that have come through state in the last five years, I think my biggest takeaway of, or my biggest kind of confidence booster in those teams is when we go through the fire and flames. Shout out Guitar Hero. When you go through it, when you're down second half, you're down like eight, nine, ten points, people are starting to look around like, shit, are we about to lose this game kind of thing? And then all of a sudden, everyone straps their nuts on, punches each other in the gut, and says, hold up, we're we're going to win this game. Who cares that we're down eight? Pfft, let's just win it now. There's still time on the clock. Let's just win the fucking game. Those are the games. Even though Michigan lost that Ohio State game, it was a valiant comeback from what I was following. The Maryland game was a great comeback. And not only did they, they like came back and then put Maryland in the dirt. It wasn't like a comeback and, and squeak by. It was a comeback and, yeah, you guys don't belong on the same floor as us. Those are the games that really boost my confidence because it's so it's easy to feel good. It's easy to pump up everyone's tires and say how, how much deserving of a one seed you are when you're beating teams by 20. People start to get a little nervous. You start to find out what players are made for. You start to find out what got Juwan – Second-year head coach, guys like him are about when it's like, oh, shit. It's getting a little shaky. Team's down, and then you make no fight. Sure, they still lost against OSU, but the fact alone that against a team that good, they crawled back and nearly stole that game, that's what's got to make you feel good, especially going into the tournament. Because what? you got To win it all, you got to win, like, what, seven games? Something like that? Six games? Six games. I promise you this. I promise you this, at least once, if you're a Michigan fan right now, all bummed out about that OSU game, sure, it would have been nice to win the tournament, but whatever. At least once in these next six, if you guys are going to win it all, you're going to have one, two, probably three times, a couple of these games where you're down, where it's not looking pretty, where it's, you know, 15 minutes left in the game, and you guys are down seven, and it feels like you can't break – it's one of those games where you're, like, stuck between four and seven points. You can't quite crawl all the way back. Every time you make a five-point run, they answer a five-point run. One of those – you're going to have those. So seeing, like, having the proof of concept, you've seen Michigan do it. It's got to give you a world of comfort going forward. As far as state, the fact that we're in a playoff game, what's up? Syracuse isn't? I don't even know about Syracuse's resume, but I know they're ass. We're in a play-in game, and they're not. That's horseshit, but whatever. Who cares? MSU fans. I know I just went on a a rant, a little tangent, about how annoying it was that Tom Izzo 
seemingly sabotaged that Maryland game, just played shit lineups. Gabe Brown didn't play, came in with the same redundant failing strategy as the last time we played Maryland. But we can't get hung up on that. couple things. I just want to put this season in perspective. Let me take a quick sip of coffee. Power up the brain. Let your brains catch a quick break. You know what I'm saying? Take a quick break from my voice. Maybe you take a sip of coffee. Let me just... Mm. Spilled a little bit. Sorry, I thought these pants are going straight in the wash. No worries. Let me set the table. Put being a Michigan State basketball fan into perspective a bit. Couple things. One, this season, if you think back to January, you think back to when we were beginning that run. You think back to when it was, all right, Illinois game. If we beat Illinois, anything can happen. You think back to that night before that game tipped off. If I would have told you MSU's in the tournament, you would have had a party. You would have jumped for joy, beers, couches, burned, everything. You would have been ecstatic. That's all you would have wanted in life. You would have said, you know what? I'll skip Christmas this year if MSU makes the tournament. This is what this season, not at the beginning of the season, because I think for some, I mean, at the beginning of the year, I, among others, was like, um, it's Big Ten Championship or bust. It's the four-peat or bust. But by mid, by January, by the time that Illinois game was five minutes before tip-off, this season was just make the tournament. Just keep the streak alive. Just whatever it takes, make the tournament, and I'll be happy. I'll I'll never complain. It's like Peaky Blinders. We promised any anything after that day was extra in the bleak midwinter. Anything after that day was just extra in the bleak midwinter. That's how state was. We were saying in the bleak midwinter going into that game, and here we are in the tournament. So I don't care. I know it is horseshit. Syracuse isn't in a playoff game, play-in game. I keep saying playoff, and we are. Obviously, it's for the ratings, dude. Michigan State, UCLA, they just get a free game. NCAA gets a free game. They're like, all right, who should we have? Syracuse and UCLA or Michigan State and UCLA? Um, two of the most storied college basketball programs to ever be created. Yeah, let's put them on. So, obviously, that's why. Whatever. Who cares? We're in the tournament. That's all that matters. That's all this was about. We're in. As far as our bracket goes, I don't know anything about UCLA. All I know about UCLA is they haven't been good since Kareem went there. Uh, So, they stink. I don't care. We should steamroll them. We beat Ohio State and Illinois back-to-back. We should steamroll UCLA. And then we play – who's the sixth seed? Who's the sixth seed? I saw it earlier. BYU. Again, don't know anything about BYU. I really don't. I know their football program's pretty good. I know they're a Mormon school, which leads me to believe why is anyone that is decent at basketball going to BYU? They probably stink. We beat Illinois and Ohio State back-to-back. We should steamroll them. We beat two of the one seeds, folks. You got to keep that in mind, too. Like, I know we'll we'll have these games where we beat Illinois, OSU, and Michigan, and then we come out flat and get curb stomped by Maryland, and it's like, so... Does this team suck, or do we beat one seeds? What's who I? We beat one seeds. We've done it. Sure, it's going to be a game of Russian roulette, which side shows up on Thursday and throughout the tournament. But as far as I know, this is the team that beat one seeds. If you, there's no time anymore for for the fucking the naysayers, the negative people, the detractors. There's no time. 
you're either all in on this being the one seed beating Michigan State, or you're out. I don't need to hear, oh, this team again. I don't, it's from Thursday at tip to the time it hits zeros and we lose or win it all. It's believing in this team. We're going to win every game. They'll find a way or don't show up. Honestly, there's no more time for all these fucking half-ass fandoms. BYU, Mormons, who goes there to play basketball, steamroll them. And then we get Texas in the round of 32. I know they have that Greg Brown guy who was like an NBA prospect, so that that sucks. Good thing we have Aaron Henry, though, so clamps. He's probably never seen a specimen like Aaron Henry. I don't. I know like any of these teams with the one guy, like the Greg Brown or Oklahoma State with Cade Cunningham, where it was like, oh, we might get you know seated up against them. Any of these teams with that guy, I'm happy we have Aaron Henry because, you know what, Cade Cunningham, Greg Brown, they may be top ten picks. They may be better than Aaron. But I promise you they haven't seen a guy like Aaron this year yet. They haven't. They haven't. And when Aaron Henry on his last stand for MSU, I don't get tired. I don't have time to get tired. He's dropping fucking heaters like that. Yeah, I'll take Aaron Henry. I I think he'll do a job on him. It's all believing or or don't even show up at, at, at this point for State. I'm excited, baby. Listen, it was all about the tournament. It always was. We're in the tournament. The streak's alive. Best time of the year. We get. I'm fired up. I, it's tournament college basketball season's electric. I can't wait for Thursday. I can't wait to just watch winner go home basketball. The tournament games this weekend, the conference tournament games, there were so many good ones. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. State, I said it last week. I said it two weeks ago. I'll say it again. I'll, I'll say it again, and we'll take a break, and then I just want to talk about the Lions a bit. Listen, if I'm BYU, the six, if I'm Texas, the three, I do not want to see 11-seed Michigan State. I do not want to see – how are we – You, if you see 11-seed MSU pop up, the only normal reaction to have is to look at, look at our resume the last two weeks and be like, hold up, we're a three-seed, and in the second game, we got to play a team that's beaten three top five teams in the last week? What? I wouldn't want to see us. You'd be out of your mind to want to see Michigan State. There are 11 seeds where you're like, yeah, roll over. And then there's Michigan State where it's like, they might go to the Final Four. That's where. That's why I also say you got to believe. This team, dude, f- fucking back-to-back-to-back top five teams. Actually, Michigan beat us in between there. And we beat Indiana, I think. I don't know. But three top five teams in like 10 days. This team can do, if they go to the Final Four, be surprising, wouldn't be shocking. That's all I got on state. Tournament time, can't wait. Quick break, Lions extend, or they give a contract to Romeo Aquara, the only pass rusher, only guy in the organization that seemed interested in sacking the quarterback. So a uh, little, you know, a couple minutes on that. Talk about, I don't know, I kind of want to talk about, like, the weekend a bit. I don't really know. I don't have anything to say on here about the weekend, though. So whatever. little quick break, then Lions. All right. <clears throat> Before we get into the Lions resigning Romeo Aquara, so I've been told you at the top of this podcast, I'm in a park. First segment was almost a half hour. Took a couple minutes before this one. Drank a little bit of coffee, had some water, got some wits about me. This this cop is just there's a cop in this parking lot with me. Just been sitting here the entire time, opposite side of the parking lot. I don't think they're eyeing me out. I made it very apparent that I'm speaking into a microphone, so it's like they're probably like, oh, he's 
you know, just on the phone. This cop's just been sitting here for like an hour. I'm not, I, not, I'm not even saying like, oh, why is this cop hounding me? What is this cop doing? This cop's just been sitting here for an hour. Don't people's taxes pay, like, I don't want to be that guy here. But the taxes pay for cop's salaries and shit. This person, this cop is just sitting in the park. Like, I don't know what they're doing. At least I'm doing a podcast here. I'm not taking your tax dollars. At least I'm doing a, at least I'm doing a podcast. What the hell's the cop doing here? <laughs> Actually, though, it doesn't make any sense. I'm, they're just sitting here. I'm like, don't you have crime to stop or something like that? I don't, or like a traffic light to monitor. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Either way, whatever. Also, you know what I thought about this morning? Remember like GameStop? and AMC, and Nokia, and the whole Wall Street thing. Remember that? I woke up this morning and checked my my portfolio. Been getting slaughtered, by the way, in case anyone was wondering. Like, that whole, when that phase was going on, I made a shit ton of money on Sundial. It was great. Been getting murdered ever since. Took out the profits, reinvested, murdered ever since. Just dragged over the coals. It's been terrible. But what happened? Like, nobody nobody talks about that anymore. It's so weird how that was, like, the biggest thing in finance that's happened. I guess the whole, like, Wall Street, the 2006 or whatever with the housing market, probably the biggest thing that's happened in my life. But I didn't really understand what was going on. In my brain, functioning brain life, that was, like, the biggest finance thing that's ever happened. And just nobody cares about it anymore. It was, like, two weeks and now nobody fucking cares. It's so weird. Like, dude, that, those people just completely manipulated the market a couple weeks went by and now it's like oh brady's seventh who cares about wall street brady got his seventh that's just it imagine that imagine a world where you can just bone everybody and make a ton of money and just nobody give it two weeks nobody cares imagine that that must be that must be a nice life like oh hey i'm gonna screw all these people and make a billion dollars and they may say it's illegal or it seems illegal, but I'll just give it two weeks. Brady's going to win a Super Bowl and no one's going to ever ask a question again. Oh, man, that must that must be nice. Cops leaving, by the way, as I'm saying this. Yeah, yeah. go do your job. How about that? Imagine, imagine hiring someone that just doesn't do their job. Yeah, there you go. Go do something. But, yeah, the Wall Street thing's very strange. These people just screwed millions of Americans, and it's like, oh... Brady, baseball's back, spring training, pitchers and catchers. Who cares about Wall Street? Very strange. Anyways, Lions re-sign. I'm not going to spend a ton of time. There's not a ton to talk about. Lions re-sign Romeo Aquara, 10 sacks, 18, like, hurries or pressures or hits, QB hits, I think it was, last year. Really, if you watch the Lions, if you're a Lions fan, really the only positive like, guy on the defense. I guess Awarie was pretty good at corner. The only guy on the team, the only guy in the building that is associated with the Detroit Lions, maybe the guy who made their food, the nutrition specialist, was like, hey, Matt, you should try blitzing the quarterback every once in a while. Romeo Quara, the only guy from what I saw or heard with any interest in pressuring the quarterback, we brought him back three years, 39 mil. For those of you that aren't so good at math, that's 13 mil per year to come back and sack quarterbacks in Detroit. I don't hate it. I like a couple things. This dude's a couple years younger than Kenny Galladay somehow, which I don't really get how that works out. 
So he's a young dude, obviously, like I just said, on a team that had no interest in pressuring or rushing the QB, had 10 sacks last year. That'll do. Like, that's pretty fucking good on any team, let alone one that gives you no help. 13 mil for our best pass rusher? I'll take that. Also, we just spent, what was it, a second or third round pick on his brother last year or two years ago. Now his brother stays. Their contracts expire at the same time. We'll see what happens with them. I love the deal, though. 13 mil, I don't really, I guess off the top of my head, I'm not super familiar with, like, the going rate for a defensive end. But 13 mil seems pretty fair. I love that it's only three years. I love, I really, in all sports, um, this this offseason when the Red Wings were re-signing a bunch of guys, unless you have, like, a guy who it's like, this dude, Locke, will be good for the next 10 years, like an Aaron Donald, fucking Pat Mah- like an elite quarterback, or one of these guys where it's like, yeah, he's going to make a difference every year for the next seven years. I love the shorter deal. Like, no sense. We gave Trey Flowers five years, 90 mil, which makes me want to throw up. The dude's making $18 million a year. If you would have told me Trey Flowers just wasn't on the team last year, I would have believed you. I feel like I didn't even notice him once. All season long. We played eight, what is it, 16 games. I don't even, I have no recollection of a single Trey Flowers play. Seriously. And the guy's making 18 mil a year for five. I love the short, 13 mil's not bad, and I love the short year. Listen, if it doesn't work out, he starts to suck. All right, fine. We'll suck it up for two more years, and then we can part ways. I love the short deal. Love uh, the approach from Brad Holmes and the new front office. I think they're smart. I think they're coming at it probably as well. I mean, the reason we didn't re-sign Galladay, coming at it from an angle of, listen, unless you're a guy where it's like this dude's going to impact every game for the next five years, there's no sense in locking you up. We don't need you. We have all the leverage right now. We look at Okwar, we say, Galladay, listen, we don't need you. We're going to be bad with you. We're going to be even worse without you. It doesn't really matter either way. Kind of use that to our advantage. And it, three years go by, he's still producing. Then we can lock him up again, give him another couple of years. I love the flexibility of the short-term deal. We didn't overpay. He produces like $13 million for 10 sacks. That's pretty fucking good if you ask me. Also... Not to mention, we're getting him on 13 mil after we're, we pissed away. Bob Quinn pissed away 18 mil on Flowers. Imagine if we just had that money to give to like someone who's actually good at rushing the passer, and all of a sudden we're getting 13 mil, 10 sacks, and he becomes the second guy. You don't have to go against their best tackle every, every night. You don't have to get doubled ever. Like, Great deal. I love I loved Romeo Quara. He was one of the few bright spots of that putrid defense last year. God, God they were bad. And like I said, he did it in despite of Matt Patricia and Quinn and the coaching staff having what felt like no interest in getting after quarterbacks. Despite that. Despite never getting blitzes. Despite despite probably zero creativity on, you know, stunts and shit like that to get the pass rushers free. This dude still managed to get ten sacks. That's pretty damn good. That's pretty damn good. The only guys all year that I really remember being like, oh, man, this dude wasn't so bad. Awarie had a couple games where it was like, oh, shit. I know our defense sucks, but this kid's like, he's all right. Awarie, Okwara was the other guy where it was like, he'd make a play, he'd make a couple plays. And that's the thing. When anybody made a sack for the Lions last year, it was like, holy shit. 
We sacked their quarterback? Who? How? Who is this guy? Reggie White is on the Lions now? We got a sack in a, in a real game where they were trying to score points. We got a sack? That can't be right. That can't be right. So I love bringing a quarterback. I I would have been bummed. We let Galladay go. Fair enough. He wanted like 18, 19 mil on extended years. The wide receiver, I, even more so than running back maybe, I toss up, but wide receivers are maybe the most like, do they? what are they really doing for you? Position group, right? Where it's like, oh, it's nice to have. They're cute. They're sexy. It's fun to look at. They make some cool plays. But like, what are they real? Are they really like winning you these games? Do you really need them? Do you really need to pay all that money for them? You know what I'm saying? Where defensive ends, yeah, you do. Lions learned that the hard way. You look at some of the playoff teams this past year where it's like, this team's kind of dog shit, but they're in the playoffs. Washington, this team's kind of dog shit, but they're here. You want to know why? Because their front four was vicious. Because they got their quarterback stunk. All they had was Scary Terry and nobody else to catch passes. No idea who was in their secondary. And they said, eh, we'll make the playoffs anyway just because we have Chase Young, Kerrigan, and a couple other guys up front. Lions never got the memo, um, which I don't know how you are a football fan, let alone a coach, let alone a GM. Don't know how you're associated with football really in any way and don't understand the concept of, oh, so you make good teams by getting a good defensive line. Like, that's the key to having success. If you have a good line and a quarterback, like, you're probably going to be really fucking good. Oh, so I like us keeping the part. And, again, the shorter terms, 13 mil's not a ton. Aquara, if he's popping off this season, another guy that will be viable for maybe a move, get some assets in return for him. So I like it. I like I like the fact that, fine, we let Gallaudet go, but Aquara we're not. If we do end up moving him, we're going to get some stuff back for him, hopefully, which even if they decide to just keep him, fine with me. Like, someone's got to play DN. Someone's got to rush the fucking quarterback or we're going to get 70 put up on us every single week. So I like it. I like Okwara. Um, he l- made a couple big plays, and again, on that defense where it felt impossible to make plays at times, also got to be super demoralizing to play on that defense, to play on the D-line where you're never getting linebacker help. You're never blitzing enough guys where you're guaranteeing a one-on-one. It's got to be very demoralizing every play to be like, all right, you know, get it up. I'm going to go get the quarterback. Uh, let's not gonna work, but let's do it anyway. It's got to be tough to like mentally tell yourself, "I'm gonna make a play. I'm gonna make a play." When they're doing nothing to help you, so I'm happy with it. So far, so good. You know, not a huge piece of news. Just wanted to talk about it. I really have enjoyed Brad Holmes in the new front office. <laughs> I'm gonna feel. I feel like an asshole because I'm about to say this, but prepare yourselves. I have some faith in the Lions. Then. Th- this couldn't be more of an example of just drinking the Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid, but I have some faith in the Lions. I really do. I really do. I, it feels like these guys kind of know what they're doing, and even if they don't know what they're doing, they have a vision. It's like when Troy Weaver came to the Pistons and everyone's like, oh, my God, you traded Luke Kennard for what? You drafted who? And all of a sudden, Isaiah Stewart, Saban Lee's pretty good, Sadiq Bay. all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a second. And we're going to get a top four, five, hopefully three pick this year. Hold on a second. This guy might know what he's doing. Even if even if it doesn't work, same as the Pistons with the Lions, 
even if it doesn't work, I just appreciate and like find some solace and faith in the fact that like these guys are just saying, fuck it. We're just going to clear out the cupboards. Anyone who wants to say, we'll, we'll keep them here on a short-term deal so they're movable. And then if we need to cut bait in a couple years, we can. Like, we're just we're tearing it down to the studs. Everything old is out, only new, and we're going to go our way from square one. What, what they have here, what's already here, clearly didn't work. Trying to add to it for sure won't work, so why would we waste our time, which I feel like a lot of, especially it felt like what the Pistons were doing for 10 years, why would we just add to mediocrity when the best it's ever going to get is maybe like above average mediocrity? It's kind of hot what the Lions were. It was like, oh, do we keep Stafford? We got a couple pieces here, wide receiver. Uh, we could maybe win seven games. Fuck that. Restart, add some pieces, and let's try to do something meaningful. So I love, I love the fact that they seem to have a vision. Whether it works or not remains to be seen, obviously. But, man, being a Lions fan after all these years, like, this is maybe this is this is as good as it gets to some extent. Like this is as as good of a situation we can find ourselves in, where it's like, hey, fucking, we're coming off, we're getting the third overall pick or whatever for seventh overall pick. We're coming off a bad season again. Just fired everybody. Let our franchise quarterback go. But you know what? At least these at least these guys have an idea. And I can't fault someone for having a fucking idea rather than just coming in, going through their motions, and keeping their buddies around because they coached in New England together. So at least they got that going for them. I trust Brad Holmes. Um, So far, so good. Like I said, he hasn't done anything yet where I'm like, what the fuck are you thinking? So that's good. Dan Campbell seems like a good dude. Chris Spielman. I don't know. I, I have faith in the lines. I don't know. It's probably a stupid thing to say. I'm sure I'll be proven to be very stupid over the next five years when our best season's going seven and nine. But right now it's like for for the Lions, for what we've had, for what we've been presented with in the front offices of the past, the only reason, listen, the only reason that I've ever had faith in the Lions before was, hey, we got Matt Stafford. If we can put a couple pieces around him, the team will be all right. Now it's for the first time in my life, the, my stem of faith isn't coming from, oh, our quarterback's good. It's coming from, hey, for the for the first time ever, the guys that are actually making decisions, running the show, selecting the players, doing the things to create the team, it's like, oh, I actually trust these guys. You're not looking at – it's not GM where it's like, oh, I have faith in the company because the new Ford Bronco's sick. That's – I'm an idiot. Ford. I'm not looking at Ford saying I like the company because the Broncos sick. I'm I have faith in the company because the CEO's good, the CFO's good. Like that's that's where we're at now. It was always the management stinks. The CEO, the executives here blow. They don't know how to make money. But Ford Broncos pretty fucking cool with Matt Stafford. Now it's like, hey, the Ford Bronco just got downgraded to do a Fiesta with Goff. <laughs> no disrespect to Goff. Seems like a great guy. I'd love to have a beer with him. But now I can look at the CEO and be like, oh, that marketing strategy is really unique and groundbreaking. I have faith in these guys. <laughs> um, God, I'm depressed. The fucking Lions are so depressing. <laughs> I can't believe this is me, like, being happy with the Lions. God damn, that's pathetic. But good deal. It's good to see the Lions making moves. That's all I got today. Monday, 
Monday, it's always tough to come off a weekend and not start it off with sports, so that's what we did. I know I keep teasing this Navy SEAL podcast, the Navy SEAL bender. That'll be tomorrow. It's going to be slow sports. I don't know when the Red Wings play again. They played last night. I didn't watch them. I was taking a nap. Um, But, you know, they stink. There's nothing to say about the Red Wings. So uh, tomorrow will be, I promise you it will be, the Navy SEAL comparison podcast. Navy SEAL are going on a bender. What's more difficult? going on a bender i think and then the rest of the week we'll see um thursday i'll try to make the podcast that comes out thursday a little msu pregame fucking just pump up montage highlight reel of energy that's what we're gonna look for thursday and then obviously yeah tomorrow the navy seal but wednesday friday we'll see i don't have anything really planned we'll see what pops up but thrift store i bought some cool shorts maybe i'll talk about that i don't know i don't know stick with me subscribe you know the deal keep tabs whatever Twitter at Nick Second String, Instagram at the period second period string, and then the second string Detroit at gmail.com. Appreciate everybody listening as always. Hope you had a great weekend. Start to a great week, I hope. Fucking dominate this week, baby. Talk to you guys tomorrow.